His power and anointing in the hand of God. Praise God. Amen. I looked out and saw Carl Salyers. And I haven't seen him in a long time. Somebody told me that he was he moved. And I don't know the complete timeline uh, with his situation, but I do know this. At one particular time, he had a heart issue, and they were sending him home with hospice. That's how bad it was. And just, was it recently? Just recently, he went back to have a checkup, and they told him, you don't need to come back to see us anymore. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's a, that's a miracle. That is absolutely amazing. Praise God. Moved to Tennessee back and with us in service tonight. So, man, we're, Carl, we're excited about what God has, has done. Really, that, that is a miracle. And you, you can testify. If they tell you, we're sending you home with hospice. <laughs> Every day is a good day. Praise God. And then when they tell you, you don't need to come back, praise God. Thank God for his goodness. We need to clap our hands and thank the Lord together for that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. That builds faith. Praise God. It's good to have Jeremiah and Joy Window. They are evangelists. And I noticed that on their guest card, they put they were evangelists for three years, married two years. That's very important. Praise God. Nothing like being on the road doing the work of God. Newly married evangelists. We honor you, and we're so happy that you stopped by to see us and be with us tonight. We need to clap our hands and show appreciation for them. Amen. Praise God. On their way back to Louisiana, a bit of a drive, but tonight they're in the house of God with us, and we're thankful for that. Praise God. God is good to us. Has he been good to you? Praise God. Tonight at the conclusion, we're going to pray for special needs, and uh, we've already witnessed what God is able to do. He is still in the business of doing signs, miracles, and wonders, and I'm thankful for that. I want that. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Galatians chapter 4 and verse number 19. Galatians chapter 4, verse number 19. Very short passage of Scripture but it has a theme in it that is important, and that's what we want to talk about for a few moments tonight. Simply says, my little children of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be <clears throat> formed in you. My little children of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. I want to speak for a few moments here tonight on the keys to being spiritual, keys to being spiritual. I think that is a worthy goal for every one of us. That's why we're here in the house of God today is because we're trying to be better. So whatever situation you're in tonight, the best thing for you to do is, is, is try to be better. And so let's, let's try our best to be spiritual in the kingdom of God in the world that we live in. Amen. Praise God. I feel the anointing of God in this place tonight. Praise God. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you and praise you for your blessing and goodness. We ask that you would direct us tonight. We give to you thanks. 
We thank you for your word, and we ask that you would help us tonight, encourage us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you. You can be seated. There's a lot of, there's a lot of scripture that talks about being transformed. Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 and 2 talks about being transformed by the renewing of our mind. Transformation. God does a transforming work. Or in this case in Galatians, it's stated that God is doing a forming. So a transformation or a forming or a conforming. Corinthians chapter 3 and verse number 17. All these things are mentioned in the New Testament to help us understand that when God calls us, he shapes us, he forms us, he conforms us, and he transforms us into something different than what we have been. The old man is passed away, and now there is a new man that we are working on, and so there is a transformation, a forming that God is working on, and his spirit helps us and directs us. Second Corinthians chapter 3 and verse number 17 says, Now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord. So God is constantly changing us or forming us into his image. You may be here tonight, and let's just have a chat here. You may be here, and there may be circumstances in your life that are not the best, but you're here. Thank God that you're here. You know what that means? That means that you want to you want to become something, you want to move forward, and you want God to work in your situation. And I'm here to tell you here tonight, by way of introduction, if you get God in the midst of your situation, God can work, and he can do great things. Amen. Don't check out, give up, walk away, but say, God, I want you in the middle of this. <laughs> Praise God. And if God's in the middle of it, then there are things that can change. There's a transformation that can take place. There is a formation that can take place. You look around you here tonight and you see individuals in the house of God and you may wonder how did they get to this place. I will tell you there are testimonies in this building and if you only knew where God had brought them from, praise God. It's an amazing thing where God takes an individual like us and he transforms us moves us out of what we once were, forms us into something different, and moves us in a direction that is Christ-like. That is a worthy endeavor. That is what we preach. That is what we teach. That is what we throw out there as the ideal. We don't always measure up to it, but we're striving to become more like Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. Do you feel that way in the house of God tonight? I'm striving. I haven't, I, haven't, I haven't reached it. I'm not perfect, but I'm reaching for something. I'm reaching for something. So if you're here tonight and you're reaching for something, you're in the right place. And I want, I want you to listen to me. I want to talk to you tonight because I know that you're here for the right reason. And, and I know that you want a change from wherever you've been into something different. That's what that transformation is. That, that's what that formation is. God is calling us out of the weak and beggarly elements of the world, and he's trying to bring us into his kingdom. When we try to do things our own way, many times it, it, it's a failure. When we try to conquer things on our own and control things on our own, 
Many times it ends up an abject failure. It ends up in sin and degradation and dysfunction and a lot of coping mechanisms. And so we try to solve things and we can't, we can't work it out. And so sometimes we try to check out of things. And when we check out of things, we end up in bondage and addiction. I want to let you know here tonight that there are people sitting on these pews that have been under bondage and addiction. Sister Lisa is not here, but she was under a lot of addiction for many, many years, and God has done great, great things in her life, and every time I look at her, I see a miracle. If you don't have reason to shout and praise God, look at Sister Lisa, and when you see her, you can stand back and say, this is awe-inspiring, and this is a wonder, because God has done great things in her life. And, and then she came in, God worked on her, and she could, she got some independence. She could have left. Many times when people, they're at the bottom, they're at the absolute bottom, and then God starts incrementally doing a work in their life, and they get to the place where they feel like, I have independence, they check out. They're gone. <laughs> when you're at the bottom, and there is humbleness, and there is repentance, and that's a good place to be. I don't, I don't care what state in life you are, being in humbleness and repentance is a great place to be because it checks your spirit and pride doesn't enter in and arrogancy doesn't enter in. Right? Praise God. And so that is, that is a great place to be. And then incrementally we get to the place of independence and then sometimes people check out. But Sister Lisa said, I'm not checking out because God has done great things in my life and there is no way I can walk away from the power and the blessing and the peace and the comfort of God. I wonder if there's anybody else here in the house of God that would identify with that and say, God has done too much for me. I'm not walking out, walking away. Praise God. But I'm in the house of God tonight giving him praise for every rich thing that he's done. Praise God. Can we agree together for somebody that may be wondering why they're even here? We're here to tell you and testify that God is able. He's able. He's able. So let's talk about some things that help us with keys to being spiritual. What would be the opposite of that? Well, being the opposite of spiritual would be carnal. And so this, this week is... Keys to being spiritual. Next week will be keys to being carnal. No, no I'm just kidding. <laughs> we, we don't want to do that, but here is something that can be said about that. You don't have to do anything to be carnal because that's your natural disposition. You just be carnal, you'll, you, know, you won't know where you'll end up because it'll take you down that pathway because that is your flesh. But it takes a little bit of work to say, I want to be spiritual. You know what? Your wife needs you to be spiritual. You know what? Your husband needs for you to be spiritual. You know what? Your family needs for you to step up and be spiritual and say, you know what? I haven't done everything right, but as for me and my house today, I'm stepping forward to try to be better in the kingdom of God. Praise God. Man, you feel that encouragement? If you're here tonight and you're feeling like you're at the bottom, we're here to help you understand that God can do great things in your life. I said God can do great things in your life. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Well, that's a man right there that God has done great things. Same stuff we're talking about. 
So you look at Brother Vic, he's sitting up here, he looks nice, he's got a suit, tie. That's that hasn't always been the case in his life. But God has done great things in his life. So how, what are some keys to being spiritual? There are five of them, we're going to go through them here tonight, I will not hold you too long. And they're not mutually exclusive, and they're not in order, they all have meaning, and they're all interconnected. So the first one is... A key to being spiritual is identifying with Christ, identifying with Jesus. The more that you associate with Jesus, the more you can become like him. Romans chapter number 12 talks about being transformed. The closer I get to the anointing and the presence of God, the closer I am to the transforming power. So if there hasn't been that connection before in all my influence that I've been receiving has been from the world or from other people or from or from my own flesh just doing my own thing then there's not the possibility of getting close to God so that there is a work that starts defining me as to who I am this is why we come to the house of God this is why we're here Sunday morning Sunday night Monday is prayer Tuesday is Bible study and then we've got stuff the rest of the week Friday is a Bible class that's that's low-key and it's informal in the cafe. So we do stuff all week. <clears throat> That's stuff that we're doing corporately. But in our individual time, we're taking time to pray. We're taking time to read the scripture. We're doing stuff daily. There's spiritual disciplines that we're taking on upon ourselves so that we are trying to move closer to being transformed by Jesus. So there's some things that I, I've got to get close to him to understand and to identify with him. There's an indicative or an identity part, and then there is a rejection of the world. So God calls me from dysfunction, and he draws me if there's a drawing. I don't know how God, there's many, many different ways that God draws people. It may be an invitation by somebody. It may be a scenario, a circumstance. Uh, sometimes people have just driven by the church and have felt a drawing, and they just come into the house of God and say, hey, who brought you? Who invited you? Nobody. We were just driving by, and we felt like we needed to come to church. Amen. And so that God draws in many different ways. And so he's drawing you from an old pattern, an old mentality, an old life, and he's drawing you closer. That is that drawing, that transforming work that is happening. And so i got to draw closer to him. I've got to leave some things behind. I got to walk away from some things. And if you if you have been buried in some of these life situations and and problems and all of these things, you got to walk away from some things. That's what repentance is. So it is walking away from some things, identifying with Jesus in his death. We are baptized in his name because we are identifying with the work of Calvary. And we know that when we are baptized and we repent, that there is a putting to death of an old man. Our old man is crucified with him, and then we rise up to walk in newness of life. I want to keep walking in newness of life. I don't want to walk around in dead things and dysfunction and decay and turmoil, but thank God for the peace of God, the hand of God, the goodness of God that brings a newness Every single day. You can wake up in the morning and say, this is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it because God is moving me from the weak and the beggarly elements of the world. And he's bringing me into fellowship with who he is. So identifying with Jesus is a key to being spiritual. Romans chapter 6 and verse number 11 
says, likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So I'm not thinking from a worldly view. I'm not under the power of the world. I'm not identifying with the wickedness that is in the world. I'm not identified by those things, but I am in Christ and everything that I am is of Christ and I'm walking with Christ and Christ is in me and I belong to him and I am unified with him in my actions and my attitude. And because there is a closeness in that relationship, there is an influence of his anointing and his ability that starts doing a work in my life. You know, sometimes people come to the house of God, they've got so much stuff and they've got a lot of difficulties and maybe they don't, they don't even know a lot of stuff about God, but they know that God's working in their life. And it may take a while. We don't want to be too impatient with people because God knows what he's doing. And the closer they get to Jesus, you start to see these things that take place in their life because God starts doing the instructing. Jesus starts doing the forming and the shaping. And so all of a sudden, they're making decisions and their actions are revealing that they're getting farther away from where they came to God in the first place. And God is drawing them into something that is powerful. That is a key to being spiritual. And that is identifying with Jesus. The second thing, the second key, there's five. This is the second one. Endure suffering. I just read an article today that was very, very interesting. And it was an apologetic article that was talking about evil. And the way the argument typically is set up, if God is all powerful and he can do anything, and then if God hates evil, and then the third part of that is there is evil in the world. And then, therefore, at the end, it's a statement against God because if God was all-powerful and he doesn't like evil and uh, this stuff is in the world, then God must not exist because evil exists. And so that's an argument that you will hear. And so, but the author was kind of pointing out this amazing fact, and that is if when you're talking about evil, you're talking about suffering. And the argument is set up to suggest that God doesn't like suffering. But that's not, a, that's not a biblical thing. This is the second key to spirituality or being spiritual is that we have to endure suffering. There's some things I really don't enjoy. I don't enjoy going to the dentist. I don't know anybody that's like, whoa, today is the day to get my teeth cleaned. It's going to be awesome. Nobody does that. I mean, I've searched out a dentist that has gentle in its name, gentle dentistry. The last person I went to had bear heads and elk heads and everything else on the walls. You're in trouble. You're <laughs> that was recommended by my father-in-law. That's a rough, tough dude, man. And no, he actually was a very good dentist, but. It is kind of disconcerting when you're a little fearful about what's going to happen in your mouth and you see all these trophy animals on the wall. So I looked up gentle dentistry. <clears throat> but you know what? It benefits me to do that every so often. It helps. And suffering is something that in the scripture as a key to being spiritual is there are some things that we endure. Paul believes that suffering transforms his life in that process of being more like Jesus. And there's some scripture that he gives to us regarding this. For example, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 7. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Listen to this. 
But we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto the death for Jesus' sakes, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So Paul said there's some sufferings that we go through, and, and this is not some kind of a litmus test against God, but it is something that we must follow in the footsteps of Jesus to say, I'm going to identify with his power and his ability, and I'm also going to endure the afflictions and suffering that come in my life because I know that through that, there is, and, and being patient with that, it's testing my character. It's developing some things in me, and it's bringing hope because incremental steps that I'm taking, I recognize and understand I may be in suffering, but that, that, that raw, difficult, and struggle is working some things in my life. If we lived a life and there were no problems and no difficulties and no struggle, then it wouldn't build the character in us. We wouldn't have the testimony that we have here in the house of God tonight. There are people here tonight saying, man, I was at the bottom. I didn't know how I was going to make it out of it, but God did a miraculous thing in my life. And, and just because I came to God didn't mean all my problems went away. Just because I came to God didn't mean all my struggles and the fight that I was in went away. But God helped me and I worked through those situations and he built a proven identity and, and evidence in my life called character. And it made me who I needed to be. You start in the spirit and you're made perfect by the spirit. You suffer and it produces progress in your life. It's not vain. It's not worthless. It's what develops your faith. So we have to identify with Jesus, and we also have to endure suffering in our life. Number three, these are keys to being spiritual. Number three, you have to experience the presence of God. All of these things are built on New Testament scriptures. And there's a lot of scripture here, but if I were to read all the scripture, you might check out on me. So I'm, I'm highlighting some areas in life that is so very, very important. I need to get closer to Jesus. I need to endure some things. And there may be some situations in your life you're going to have to endure some things. There is nothing worse than somebody coming to God and, and then, because of the consequences of sin, having to go with them to the jailhouse and watch them go to jail because of past experiences. There are some consequences. You're still going to have to pay for the consequences. Right? But you got to endure that. you got to endure that because God's working some things. Here's, here's a conversation sometimes that happens with people when they're in relationships and family circumstances and they want so bad for the family or for the spouse to have the same passion and have the same desire because God is doing something in their life, but maybe their spouse is in a complete different situation and they're not seeing the same thing. And so my response to that person is, don't worry about it. Just be at church. Do what you need to do. Live for God. Let God work things in your life and lead. And when you lead, it proves some things. There's some things that it start, fruit starts showing. And then eventually people get on board because they recognize this is serious. God is working in your life. And there's evidence to what you are doing. So don't walk away and give up in those moments. 
Stay true, right? And trust God. And one of the ways that helps tremendously is when you get in the presence of God. Thank God for his, I felt his presence in the house of God. This is a midweek service. But thank God for Sunday where God moved in the middle of a service and you could feel that. You got to make what you, you can't stand on the fringes and expect somehow that God's going to touch me. You got to get right in the middle of what God is doing. Amen. Nobody's going to receive a blessing if their mouth is shut and it's not open to saying, God, I love you. I worship you. I praise you. My situation is very, very difficult, but I'm coming to the house of God to tell you in the midst of difficulty that I I thank you for your anointing and your presence and stuff starts flowing and there is a movement and the Holy Ghost breaks out and there's an anointing that breaks out and God can do great things in those moments. As a matter of fact, you can be filled with the Holy Ghost in those types of moments where the presence of God is working and the presence of God is moving. So I got to position myself to get in the presence of God. This is a theme that runs all throughout the scripture. Moses, when he comes down from the mountain, his face is shining. And that was because he'd been in the presence of God. Sometimes when people get the Holy Ghost, there's a smile on their face. It's palpable. You can see it. It's amazing because God is doing things in their life. Samuel told Saul, he said, you're going to be changed into a different person. When the anointing of God touches you, you're going to be changed into a different person. Praise God. We still preach and believe that, yes? We still preach and believe that God can change you into a different person. I don't I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear all the excuses. I don't want to hear that you, you, you have an anger problem because you're Irish. I don't want to hear that. God can make you into a different person. I don't want to hear, well, alcoholism has run in my family for generations. I don't want to hear that. I want to tell you that God can make you into a different person through the power of his anointing. Well, you know, addictions have always run in our family. It doesn't have to be that way because God can change you into a different person. Well, my daddy was immoral. My uncle was immoral. Yes, but you don't have to be immoral. You can be a child of God. Well, I feel faith there. I feel a power building in the house of God here. You know what? You don't have to be the way that you were and the way that you are because there is a God that can take you to a better place. God. I believe that. Bible study night. We wouldn't quite act like this if we were sitting at your uh, kitchen table. You might think we lost our mind getting this kind of excited, but this is good conversation, especially if 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 you're here and you're trying to figure out how can I be spiritual. Get into the anointing, a place of anointing where God's spirit can touch you. There's all kinds of examples. Joshua, the high priest, and Zechariah, <clears throat> he finds himself in a situation where God tells him, I'm going to take your filthy garments off of you, and I'm going to give you garments that are clean and white. Isaiah was in the presence of the Lord. In Isaiah 6, he said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. And it was such an experience, and he felt the anointing of God so much, he said, woe is me. When, you, when he saw how great God is, he felt like the least of the least. But it's in moments like that where the spirit of God and the anointing of God can really make some changes 
And in the New Testament, that agent that does that is the power of the Spirit. It's the Holy Ghost that is operating in a person's life. It's producing benefits, and it's building up the believer, and it produces a maturity, and there is a manifestation of the Spirit that is given to profit every individual. It is profiting. And so the anointing of God and the presence of God that is flowing. This is one of the reasons why I love being apostolic and being Pentecostal apostolic. What does that mean? Pentecost means we believe in the experience of the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. They were gathered together in an upper room. They were waiting. They were tarrying because Jesus told them to tarry until the promise comes. And so they were tarrying. The Holy Ghost broke out. And they all began to speak in tongues. They, they came out of the building. It filtered out into the street. People thought that they were drunk. That's a Pentecostal experience. We believe that you should repent, be baptized in Jesus' name, and there is a gift that God is going to give to you, and it's the infilling of the Holy Ghost. And there is a power that is associated and connected to it. It's that power that is the anointing that Jesus said, you shall be witnesses when the Holy Ghost has come upon you because there is power associated with that. I need the anointing of God in my life to make every decision. If you don't have the Holy Ghost every service, you should be asking God, fill me with the Holy Ghost. When you're at home in prayer time, fill me with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Seek the Holy Ghost. Nobody can confer that. Drop that on you. Nobody can do that for you. You have to do that for you. And if there is a desire in your heart, the Bible said it is a gift of God. Thank God for services where there's opportunity and the anointing is moving and people can step in and say, I want that in my life. Getting into the anointing of God is very, very important. And so we should make every effort to be in the presence of God. And that doesn't always have to be in it. Okay. Stop. Cease. Nothing is going wrong. I'm preaching. Get an Android. No, we're not getting an Android. <laughs> the Android would never talk to you like that, huh? Okay. Yeah. She wouldn't interrupt the man of God preaching the word of God. Okay, all right. Okay. <laughs> wow. These are keys, keys to being spiritual. What are they? Number one, they don't go in order, but number one, identifying with Jesus, getting closer to him. Number two, there's some things I'm going to have to endure, suffering. Did you know Paul, Paul said that he had received a thorn in the flesh? Nobody knows what that was. People have, people have talked about, well, maybe it was his eyesight. Uh, it was his stature. Nobody really knows that. But he prayed to have it removed. And he prayed three times. And his answer was that my grace is sufficient, that in humbleness through the thorn in your flesh, Paul, you're going to be more effective and more capable at preaching the gospel. Because if I take it away from you, then pride enters in. I need you at a place where you are humbled and you can do the work of God. So identifying with Jesus, um, enduring some things, and getting into the anointing and presence of God. Number four, this is really, really good. When those things start to happen in your life, then there is a receiving and living out the wisdom of God. 
Proverbs chapter 16, verse 16 says, how much better is it to get wisdom than gold and to get understanding rather to be chosen than silver? Proverbs chapter 8 and verse number 11 says, for wisdom is better than rubies and all the things that may be desired are not to be compared to it. So wisdom is a characteristic of my growing faith. I'm becoming more spiritual because these things are operating in my life. And so it's producing wisdom. I look around our world uh, today, and I'm not so convinced that we're very high on the wisdom scale. I mean, we're turning things upside down, rearranging stuff, trying to redefine stuff. We're, we're, we're redefining science. It's all about emotions and everything else. We have gone off the deep end. We're about to go over the cliff. There needs to be an awakening of real wisdom that is imparted to people. We need a revival of that. So wisdom starts bearing in our life. The fruit of wisdom starts coming out in different ways. And there are different things that we can use and places that we can find wisdom. We can find it from the scriptures. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 11. Now all these things happened unto them for ensamples, and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world come. So wisdom comes to me through the scripture. Brother Gary is not here tonight. I don't know why he's not here tonight. You need to find out why he's not here tonight because he's typically. Oh, he had to leave. Okay, so he was here. So he came to me some time ago, and he, he, he had a bunch of questions, and he's trying to read his Bible, and so we got him a Bible that's like a 365-day-of-the-year Bible and in a translation, and he started reading it, and he sent me a text recently, and he is like, all, he's, he's into the fall. He's like <laughs> September, October somewhere, and he's so very, very excited that he is, he is on his way to reading through the entire Bible, never had done that before. And so what it's doing in his life, it's, it's producing some things in his life. It's producing wisdom. So you get wisdom through the scripture. You can get wisdom through the spirit moving in the church. God responds, and sometimes his gift of the spirit will speak words of wisdom, and we take that to our life. The church should be edified, and there should be examples of one being Christ-like in those moments. And so there's wisdom that comes, and we start living that out. Instead of the dictates of the world, instead of the direction of the world, we end up following godly principles in the Bible that establishes us so we end up making better choices, right choices, things that are going to edify and lift up those around us. I want to be somebody that lifts people up. I don't want the words out of my mouth to be negative and biting. I want it to edify and lift people up, and the Word of God will do that because there's always something that comes forth in a moment in a time that is uplifting and edifying we need to be a people that lifts up anybody and everybody that comes to God feels like they're just crawling into the place and don't deserve to be here we want to be a church to tell you yes God's going to do some great things in your life and produce some things and you're going to have a better opportunity to say I've got the wisdom of God operating in my life because I'm closer to him Lastly tonight, this is very, very important. A key to being spiritual is finding a godly example. This is very, very important. There's a lot of examples you could follow in the world. 
There's a lot of idols. There's a lot of variants of people that have influence from politics to Hollywood to sports to music, entertainment, influencers. <clears throat> Let me just say this. This might be good to say right here. Because we live in a social media age, you need to make sure that your values align, especially if you're a member of this church, that your values align with the church and not somebody that's somewhere else that doesn't attend here, doesn't know who we are and how we've arrived at where we are, and let them be an influence over what happens locally. You, some things you can, you, you, you take the meat and you throw away the bones, and there's a lot of people that have a lot of voices, and that's why wisdom is important, because you got to filter through some of that stuff, and you got to say, wait a minute, I don't know where he's, he, he said a few things there that were okay, but that, that's way off base, that's, that's not good. I'm not going to take that in so that it becomes an influence in my life that causes me to stumble. Find a godly example that imitates and conforms to being Christ-like. Philippians chapter 3 and verse number 17, Paul told the church at Philippi, Brethren, be followers together of me and mark them which walk so as you have of us for an ensample. In other words, he was saying find some people that they're, they're not perfect people, but they have shown that they have endured some things They've gone through some things, and there, there's character that has been forged in them. And there's a walk with God that they have. And, 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 and look at them and get close to them. They're godly examples. These are keys to being spiritual. You're, you're not going to become more spiritual hanging out with the carnal folks. You're going to be more spiritual by hanging out with the more spiritual people because they're the godly examples. Now, you may go to them and try to bring them closer to you, but that needs to be one directional. You need to bring them to you. I, I, I believe in reaching as far out as you can to somebody and trying to bring them into the goodness of God and the anointing of God. But if you're going the other way, you've you got you to sever that tie and say, wait a minute, I can't go that way. i got to bring you this way because this is the way. This is the truth, and this is a life. Sometimes if you follow people too far, you're going to end up in the same ditch that they're in. You can't allow yourself to, to become that and be that. There's all kinds of complex situations that we're talking about right now, families, relationships, and circumstances, and what have you, that you got to make. You have to have wisdom. You have to have wisdom to figure out, how do I do this? How how. How, that's my son or my daughter. That's my brother or my sister. I still want to maintain that relationship. And yet there's some convictions and things that we don't see eye to eye on. And so wisdom has to help me understand how much do I give? And, and at what point do you draw a line and say, I can't, I can't cross that because it's going to erode my own faith and walk with God. And my faith and walk with God is so important to me that I can't let things come in and erode that because it means everything to me. It's my salvation and my redemption and my strength and living for God is the best thing in my life. I know where I came from. I'm not giving that up and walking away from that because it's my strength. So finding somebody that is a godly example. There's so many examples of that. Elijah and Elisha. Moses and Joshua. Paul's focus on being around people that is that edifies and brings strength 
He said in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 16, wherefore I beseech you, be followers of me. Not simple repetition, but obedience to an ideal or the example. He talks to Timothy about making sure that he is connected with people that have proof in their life. He talks to Titus about being a brother that brings gain to you. He brings gain to you. It's an example. He edifies. He brings strength. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number 1 says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Consider him. Consider him. So find some godly examples that can direct. These all work together. They're keys on moving forward and being better. They're not mechanical. They're not in sequence. But they all have very prominent places in doing a work for God and going the right direction. So if you're here tonight in the house of God and you want to be more spiritual, these are some key elements in your life that you need to pursue and follow. As we stand together in the house of God tonight, I hope the word has been a blessing to you. We're going to conclude by throwing up some prayer requests. We need to continue to pray for Adrian Lopez. My understanding is that they are in the, in the process of transferring her, which that's been a problem or an issue that they've been trying to resolve, uh, but we still need to pray for her. She's not uh, out of the woods by any means. So we want God to touch her. Amen. In Jesus' name. You see these requests here this week. If you have a request, you would like to join with these. Amen. Anybody praying about something here tonight? Praise God. If you're praying about something, why don't you lift up your hand and let's, let's see. Amen. That, that's about just all of us. So let's pray together right now. Lord, I thank you and praise you. I worship you and thank you for your anointing and your ability. Know that you're a God that is able to do great, great 